0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of Martech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing.
1: Hey, everyone. Here's today's main takeaway Half of all podcasts have fewer than 14 episodes. 14 episodes! When we started Humans of Martech, we were determined not to be another statistic. As we near the end of our first season and approach our 50th episode, we wanted to give you a peek behind the curtain to see how we think about this show. For us, at least, the idea of hitting 50 episodes is a big milestone, and anyone thinking of starting their own show, whether it's a personal project or for your company, needs to prepare to put some work in. So let's dive in.
0: Let's dive in, JT. Why don't we start with a uh, show thesis and and mission? I feel like that's something that we spent a lot of time on. Like I remember starting the podcast, reading a bunch of blogs on like what you should be doing before you start a podcast, and people usually jump right into like equipment and like how to edit your episode, but. I, th- I feel like we spent the most time on just like, what is our mission? Like, what is going to be the content areas that we're going to focus on? And like, who who is the audience that we're trying to reach? And I feel like it's evolved a little bit, but we definitely like focused on that in the early days, right?
1: Yeah. And I think like we got started... I think it was about May of 2020, just as the pandemic was kind of disrupting everything. And we we were both, passion, we're both passionate about helping young marketers succeed in their job. Um, but that thesis really had to sharpen our own focus on what we were doing every day. And I think the huge takeaway for me on having a strong thesis or a mission statement is that you got to be motivated to do this a lot. Like, 50 episodes is not just the time that you put into recording the episode. Like, for, for people looking at this, like, oh, it's a 24 minute episode. That's all it takes. Like, these episodes take a lot of time to put together. And you got to love it. Because if you don't love it, you're not going to put in enough to get to 50 episodes.
0: Yeah. Got to love it. Got to have that passion for it. Like I, I go back to like my earliest days in marketing and I attribute like pieces of my success to like reading and listening to podcasts from folks that were like five, 10 years ahead of me in their careers. And I feel like one of the big areas of like the this being a passion project for me is just like giving that back to like early marketers especially like locally we talk a lot about ottawa and waterloo and kind of ontario-based marketers but i know we have a few listeners that have uh, kind of spread out globally a little bit here but um yeah like it's just the idea of, of giving back and being passionate about it and like i feel like we're we're kind of like finding our our groove a little bit in, in our target audience, but yeah, it's fun. Like hearing from, from our folks, like listening to the podcast, like we've heard from folks that have made like career changes because like they've, they've listened to some of the stuff that we've unpacked and they've gained confidence into like making that career change. So it's been cool to, to see the impact of it but uh, yeah like i would recommend like anyone thinking of having a podcast to really focus on that like mission piece like who is your audience like why are you doing this and make sure that like you're picking a mission and a thesis that like you're wholeheartedly passionate about that you're gonna like spend days on your weekend like editing podcast episodes and and getting the quality right so um yeah i'm, yeah. I'm happy we spent a lot of time on that
1: yeah, and like just to like enunciate it for for our listeners, like when we first start set it with the show, like one of the things that we originally thought was that we could do kind of like almost a tutorial style show, right, going through and teaching things, and we discovered very quickly like there's some lost episodes. I'm sure we're going to talk about that at some point, but like uh, what we discovered is that we actually wanted to be hyper focused on two things: the audience. And I think the idea of, I think most of the people in our audience are kind of approaching their first or their first major promotion in their own career. So preparing people for that. But then I think a core component that keeps me motivated is the idea of, we started off with the mission of being successful. And then we added in successful and happy. We like to talk on a lot of soft topics. And I think that's what helps us to be, well, let the listeners judge if we're successful, but definitely we're happy doing this.
0: Yeah, totally. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to some of the the hard tips here. Um, like naturally next question is like, all right, I have an idea. I have a thesis, like I kind of know my audience. I have a couple of ideas of like podcast episodes before you start recording anything um, something that I I spent a lot of time on is researching microphones and this is uh, kind of a passion project for me here but uh, anyone who is like googling like articles on um, guides to start a podcast most of the recommended articles that I saw like a couple years ago diving into this all recommended the Blue Yeti microphone um, to kind of like get started entry-level podcasts and um, just read a little bit about cardioid mics and finding uh, different microphones that adapt to like the podcast that you're trying to do. I don't recommend um, the Blue Yeti mic. We we tested a few. Um, I ended up going with the Audio Technica 20 Series AT2005 USB mic. This is a cardioid mic, and this basically means that like it's very sensitive to sound in front of it and on the side of it. So if you're recording from your room and like there's a street in front of you and the AC is running and you don't want to get that background noise, you're looking for a cardioid mic. The blue Yeti is not a cardioid mic. It's a condenser microphone as they call them. And it picks up a lot more of the background noise, like sounds a mile away. And so your watch moving a little bit, or you like tapping the board, like it's going to get picked up a lot more in the blue Yeti mic. So, um, Yeah. Other tips there. GT. I know you hate the pop filter. Um, it it makes video podcasts a bit trickier. We don't really uh, do a lot with video there, but the pop filter makes a huge difference in like those P's and those T's, like, instead of just like getting all that, like, um, air basically pushed into the mic, the pop filter prevents Mm -hmm. some of that uh, a little bit, but yeah, I know you hate the pop filter.
1: Well, it makes you look a little bit funny. I have a big circle (laughs) in front of my face. Nobody sees me. I feel like Wilson from home improvement, but, uh, it works. I I got to say the setup is really solid uh listening through our episode sometimes when we're recording an episode that's absolute pandemonium upstairs i'm in the basement right now um and my kids are anything but quiet they're throwing each other and and their toys on the ground and and this mic seems to to withstand all of that Uh, and then some uh, definitely the pop filter makes a big difference and learning to be able to speak into the mic is is another one like the sound quality to me is so important and yeah Phil super appreciate all the research you did I was totally naive on what what it looks like to get this equipment set up and I made this recommendation a few times no affiliate links unfortunately for us so uh, but everybody who's bought this mic has said it's been a worthwhile investment
0: Yeah, it's made a big difference for for us quality wise, but like the best tips for getting a mic that you're comfortable with is just like testing them out. And I know it's like tricky when you can't go in a store and test it out. But um, I feel that something like I do a little bit is like I go back and listen to like our earliest episodes and I cringe a little bit because like we weren't as comfortable with like minimizing our our P's and and our T's and, and all those plosives. Um, but also like the quality. So um, when we talk about like uh, when we're doing guest interviews or even when we're recording our podcast, like you're sitting in Waterloo, I'm in Ottawa, and um, we're doing this over Zoom right now. And Zoom is the the tool that we've kind of settled into. Um, but we, we tried a couple of other ones that record instead of it being recorded, um, locally, um, the record, sorry, the, the ones that we tried like Riverside, Riverside is a uh, podcast recording app that lets you record locally as opposed to doing it, uh, online like zoom does. So the quality is, is much better, but that makes it tricky when you have a professional microphone, like we do, the quality is much better. And it picks up a lot of the imperfections in your voice and the plosives are a lot more obvious. And so we actually ended up going back to Zoom, um, despite the fact that we we loved um, uh, Riverside. Um, but yeah, Zoom doesn't have like as great of a quality, but for us, like it makes the the editing a bit quicker. And uh, yeah, ended up just being a bit more comfortable with Zoom.
1: Yeah, and you do a lot of audio editing. And and, uh, like, I know that you do primarily, primarily all the editing for for the audio. And then like what for our listeners who may be thinking of setting up like what is the benefit of separating these audio files up like when you're when you're in cleanup mode?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Like most people are going to use Zoom for recording those interviews and Zoom has a nice little setting um, in the recording tabs that lets you record separate audio files for different participants in your meeting. This is super clutch because like if you're having a guest on that's recording audio from their like laptop microphone, they're going to have a completely different like sound volume input than like you might be with your professional mic at a home. And so like the, the tricky thing with editing is trying to like balance the game levels and and making sure that like when one guest is talking is it like not 15 dBs like louder than than the other person. So um, I actually love throwing my audio files in Audacity. I have like a couple of quick plugins that I run them through to like minimize. Uh, they're called like DSer plugins to minimize the plosives a little bit. But after that, like the editing is just done in GarageBand. Mm-hmm. And um, like at, at first, like the earliest episodes, I feel like, uh, especially myself, like it, John is a much better speaker than me. I go back in the early episodes and I'm just like, oh my God, there's so many ums and there's so many s's and the uhs. And like, I I spent a lot of time in the earlier podcasts, like editing those out of my own like track, but (laughs) I stopped doing that towards the end. It was just like not worth the effort um but yeah like I I don't spend like basically it takes me as much time editing an episode now as it takes to like listen to it so I'm basically like proof listening our episode taking notes on like cool things our guests said or that we said and reminders to like add that to their show notes and I'm doing that at the same time that I'm editing the episode and now we're at a good flow where most of the time if there's something we need to edit out like I'll do a little like pop in in the in the recording and I can find it in GarageBand but yeah, there's nothing too scientific to it it's pretty straightforward
1: yeah i think i think you say that but uh yeah big kudos to you on the on the work that you've been doing on that front why is my daughter here um, <laughs> um is there any more gum left no there's no more gum left why are you down here where's your mom
0: this is amazing i thought we said we weren't doing a guest interview today but uh we have a, a very special speaker
1: okay, do you want to come say hi <laughs> say say hi hi no I'm
0: touching, I'm touching this
1: thing <laughs> touching the pop filter yeah
0: why do you need a pop filter
1: because i'm recording a podcast it makes me feel important do you think it makes me look important no no <laughs> okay so phil like one of the things that when we started the podcast that absolutely blew my mind i was like I don't know. I'm a digital marketer, but sometimes you just have these moments of uh, being extremely naive. I'm like, but how will we get it to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the other distribution platforms? I know you did a ton of work on this. Walk us through how we landed on Transistor FM and why it's been an awesome uh, host for us.
0: Yeah, this is a scarier, like, thing to embark on for like only is like 10 years ago, even like five years ago, like pre pre transistor days or even like anchor does this really well as well. Um, find yourself a podcast host that does a lot of the distribution for you. Um, so there's a lot of like podcast apps and podcast players like Apple podcast and Spotify and you need to like have your RSS feed linked into those so you need to like submit your podcast so that like those podcast players are downloading your new episodes, but there's a lot of cool podcast hosting providers like Transistor that does a lot of the groundwork for you. So like with a couple of clicks, you can connect Apple podcast to the new podcast that you've just uh, hosted on Transistor. And it pushes that to like a bunch of the other um, distribution podcasts. There's a few that you need to like do manually that they don't do out of the box, but they're consistently integrating like more tools in there. So, yeah, like I I loved Transistor's kind of like content and and getting started in building a podcast, but they made it so easy to just get a super quick website um, built out of their their hosting provider tools as well. Um, Eventually, we're going to move out to to WordPress.com, but for the time being, it's a a nice little home on on Transistor.fm and um yeah like a couple of notes on that like there's a lot of um cool apps that are way better than apple podcasts for actually digesting your podcast so if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, um apple's got a ton of work to do in in that app itself um i love breaker and pocketcast as these two apps to like actually um discover new podcasts and uh, like have a good like bookmarking tools and you can like listen to episodes a lot faster blah blah blah. but uh, yeah apple Podcasts is uh, a long a long ways to go and and uh, definitely check out uh, Transistor.fm there, Bootstrap, the tiny little company. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much on that, I think. Eh?
1: Yeah, great experience so far with these guys. We did a custom domain as well. Um, and that was super easy to set up As uh, on top of it all. I, I feel like we this is one of the parts that Transistor just totally took out of our hands. It was a little scary for me at first. So yeah, big shout out to them. They, they've been a huge part of uh, helping us make this show a success. Um just as kind of switch gears, I think on the content side, um, we put a lot of effort in terms of how we structure our shows. Even if you don't necessarily as a you know listener pick up on it, we have a couple of things that have just become routine for us. And and keep in mind, we have two types of shows that we do. Uh, we do the guest episodes, which we have a little bit of a flow to. We can talk about that. But typically speaking, we have our standard episodes where it's just Phil and I jamming on on uh, on a call. Um, We put a lot of work into that. So I'll share a little bit. One of the things that we did right away, um, listening to other podcasts, we want to make sure that if you just listen to the first like 90 seconds of it, you get you get a takeaway. Uh, So at the top of every show, we make sure that we do have a main takeaway for folks. If you haven't been able to listen to the whole episode, you could you could at least have that also provides us a little bit of a preview of of what we're talking about on the show. Um, Phil, one thing that I like and maybe I'll get you to talk a little bit to this is uh, the idea of what is the process for researching and writing episodes and how do we like structure the show with two, you know, two hosts. Um, Yeah, I want to talk a bit about that.
0: Yeah, it's super cool like for for guest episodes like the the research process is uh, a bit different like we we started off like not being super sure. Like if like how many guest episodes we were going to do, like we started off with like a big uh, like database or like backlog of like content that was just you and I kind of jamming on, on stuff. And when we released it on a couple of Slack channels and, and on social, there were a few folks that reached out to, to be interviewed on the podcast and we were kind of like humbled by it. And like, who are we to, to say no? And so we kind of like made it work a little bit. And my strategy or our strategy for for researching guests and having those questions lined up is kind of changed a little bit I wouldn't say that like we're like anywhere near like best practices like I've um, been interviewed on a few podcasts that are like way more organized than we are when it comes to like questions and like yeah. organizing guests and stuff like that but I feel too many episodes have a guest on and they're just like first question like all right like why don't you introduce us to our listeners and tell tell us a bit about you like what's your journey in marketing like I think that's bullshit like people yeah. um <laughs> listen to your podcast episode for you to give them insights and not give like the whole journey on someone so You do the research as the interviewer, like spend time on the person's LinkedIn profile, like talk to other folks that have worked with that person to get some cool potential questions, like funny stories, like some of our guests, like towards the end. I always like reaching out to their boss or like former coworkers and just like trying to get those cool stories out of them. Um, but yeah, like we we follow this Google uh, doc template of just like a bunch of topics and questions. And um, I'm definitely more on the on on the side of just like following that cr- chronologically and like giving the guests like a good chance to see the questions ahead of time. But, they joined for the interview and right off the bat, like JT hits them with a question that's completely not on the page at all and or run them for an error in there. But yeah. I think that what, what makes the show like interesting is uh, like uh, we provide them a set of questions that they're prepared for in a sense, but like we hit them up with a couple of like uh, curveballs here and there.
1: I think one of the things around, you know, for somebody who's listening to this episode, thinking of starting their, their own podcast, I think so many podcasts um, in the marketing space are really built around the guest host uh, paradigm, right? You bring on the the circuit of regular guests who speak at conferences, who are on all the podcasts. And don't get me wrong, I love those guys. And I listen to those podcasts, but at a certain point as well, like it could become saturated, right? Like best practices from people who are completely inaccessible to, to the types of marketers that we're trying to reach is we, we we initially set out with this idea of that. We want kind of like the unsung heroes of marketers on our podcast, which is hard because they're often, you know, doing daily work and very pragmatic and heads down in their career. Uh, But they're at a critical juncture in their career that people don't talk to like that five year, 10 year, you know milestone versus talking to again. I don't want to name names, but these huge influencers who are already made a huge huge impact on the space. Yes, we should be thankful to them, um, but we probably heard from them enough. So we're trying to highlight other people uh, within the industry and and hope to aim to do that. Um, yeah, and I think one thing that that at least in my experience of listening to our guest episodes and listening to other guest episodes is the fact that um, many of these guests go on shows and then it's really hard, even as a host for me today, not to want to have kind of like, well, I did that too. Right. Mm -hmm. And not just having this conversation. Like when somebody's like, yeah, I built a lead scoring model, but like, oh yeah, but I've done like, I've done this 20 times. Like no listener cares what the host is saying. You didn't have the guest on to, to, to compare. Um, so if you're interviewing somebody like you're a conduit for the audience, you're not Uh, you're not there to compare, nobody's thinking about what you're thinking, like they don't think just because you're asking questions about lead scoring that you don't know anything about lead scoring. What you're trying to do is you're trying to highlight your guest and you're trying to make make sure that their story comes to the forefront. So that's a piece of advice that like we've worked really hard on uh, and done a few postmortems on episodes where we felt like we could we could improve upon this.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like I feel like that that part would be tricky if you were doing a podcast that was just like solo episodes with yourself, like a crime podcast, or you're not doing guest interviews. Like one of the things I found with guest episodes is that you might be growing a bit slower uh, Mm -hmm. than if you were focusing on the guest episodes. Like most podcasts that just do guest episodes usually grow pretty quickly, and I say quickly like it depends on the podcast and stuff like that. But when you're having a guest on the show, like that guest is going to share that episode with their friends or coworkers and post it on social. So you're basically getting like an extra um, promoter when you're having a guest on the podcast, right? And mm-hmm. some of our earlier guests, like we definitely saw like bigger spikes of downloads when, when we had a guest episode. And it's definitely like helped us to generate like a, an audience or like a, a small following on some of our social channels from like just other marketers that have been interviewed on our show that like have uh, shared it on, on social and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's something to consider in that and that strategy of, of growth but I feel like promotion is like something on the show that we haven't like fully invested in. Like this is more of like a passion project for us. And we weren't really focused on like growth objectives and like monetizing it. Like it's, hey, we're yeah. doing this for fun. Like I had a ton of fun, like just, mm-hmm. you know, jam- jamming on stuff with, with JT. like whether we're recording or not. Um, I, I get a lot from, from that. So uh yeah, like our, our mission is, is not to, to be too overly promotive on this stuff, but we, we did experiment with some stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think like, go back to the to the guest. I think that's why so many marketing pro- podcasts do feature guests is that's mm-hmm. the quickest way to grow, right? You're, yeah. you get the golden halo effect. And I think that's, that's super valuable. And that's, that's the spirit of the show. We obviously have set out with with our own mission statement. I think we we I did some looking about 40% of our episodes have a guest. So 60%, the majority of our episodes are just you and I chatting about about marketing stuff. And I think like the promotional side of this, we're kind of from day one said like the thesis of of growing this is you know hopefully we help individuals we've had a few you know messages with, with listeners who said like yeah that's awesome it's, it's great to listen to your show and understand how people talk about marketing right uh but the promotion like we just want to create good content for folks have some fun for ourselves and if, if if this grows and as this grows we'll enjoy that as well but uh yeah we're doing okay we're doing okay on 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 that like one one side of side thing that that I've been talking with some people who ask questions about the podcast is, is sure. We've noticed that like some guests will, will generate more downloads, but our average downloads per episode is going up kind of whether there's a guest or not on it. Um, so that thesis, at least for our own, ep- our own uh, growth has kind of held to like our thesis around creating content that we we enjoy and in, in our own content has actually held strong um, 49 episodes and soon to be 50 in, um, our own content seems to perform very well compared to uh, to to the, to the guest episodes.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I, like all the, the episodes that we posted on on social that we promoted on social, like they definitely get a bigger uplift when we're like um, showcasing uh, a guest that we've had on on the podcast for sure. Uh, we're both on Twitter and LinkedIn and like we're promoting uh, new episodes weekly. Um, I, I enjoy this a little bit more now. I, I kind of have fun with it. Um, but like, it is tricky. So like new folks that are thinking of like, you know, like getting stuff out there and like slowly starting to, to build an audience, like you're going to be doing this for a, a long time and it's going to feel like you're screaming into the void. Like, I know I felt like that too. Like I've, I've been on Twitter forever, but like haven't really like engaged a lot or participated with folks. And so when we started like posting episodes on Twitter, like it was like, and it still is like often like crickets. Right. And you're like, Oh, oh like yeah. Is it even worth? doing this but like then there's there's always like one or two like interesting conversations out of it and you get to like know some of these folks on on marketing twitter like it's such a fascinating um, space to to live in but yeah i feel like linkedin has been uh our bread and butter in in terms of like getting both of our audiences kind of together and and engaging with our our content i wouldn't say that it, it was like a dramatic driver of growth for us uh because like we didn't spend that much time on it but Yeah, like we we did some fun experiments, like I'm a bit of a graphic design um, geek, like in my old days. And so I got an iPad uh, over the last couple of weeks and do like some some artwork, individual episodes, like individual artwork for each episode. Um, Like, I don't know if that makes any difference in terms of folks clicking on it, but we have like a subscription list um, on MailChimp where we're sending like new episodes out to subscribers. The list is super tiny right now. Um, but like we played around with like um, transcribing episodes. Headliner is like an yeah. audiogram app. When we did our launch of the podcast, like last year we had a uh, visual audiograms there, try to get folks yeah. to to check it out. But yeah, there's so much stuff you can experiment with. Like podcasts are just getting bigger and bigger in the creator economy and more and more tools are coming out to cater to, to podcasters. So it's a yeah. really cool time to be a podcaster.
1: Yeah, and I gotta say like the promotion side is is definitely like, Ten percent of the effort that we put into the show, maybe yeah. maximum, and I don't think we have to spend too much lo- too much time on this. Anyways, most people listening to the podcast are marketers. They'll figure out how to promote this. You guys will be good marketers. You know, and I gotta say, like some of the so the screaming into the void is is interesting. Like we always, I always at least in the, in my posts try to make sure that there's something of substance that I can share. A conversation, mm-hmm. like there's we were just chatting today on Slack about some of the vapid stuff that happens in marketing. Like if you're in marketing, learn to be a marketer thank me later and you're like okay marketers take a day off so trying to figure out like say something a substance is also important cut through the noise one thing you'll notice too if you run a podcast is that people read your post but they don't listen to the podcast so be careful making things clickbaity like i've had a couple interesting conversations that i'm like well you know, I can't tell you to listen to the podcast, but if you would have listened to it, you would have seen that I'm actually being a little bit counterintuitive in the point that I'm making. So yeah, subtlety is is sometimes lost on social, but that's all, that's all good. Let's talk a little bit about like, I know we got a couple more topics that we want to go through. We can go quickly through them. The, the lost episodes. Why do we have five or six episodes that were recorded and, and purely on your computer? Yeah. The first thesis of the, the podcast, was so
0: like I'm I used to where a teacher had and I was tasked with creating a like week long course on marketing automation and marketing technology and this was teaching this to folks that like are very entry level digital marketers or fresh out of university or not even working uh, yet as marketers And so I spent a ton of time like researching and building that class and and taught it for a few years. And after I hung up my head, like I started thinking about like, how can I repurpose this content um, or use it in other shapes and forms? If I'm not teaching students anymore, how can I still like help entry-level marketers or whatnot? So that was kind of like one of the earliest um, like uh, nascent ideas about the podcast itself was just like, you and I like jamming on my slides and my content. And like most of the thesis was like, my hope was that like you would tear it apart or just say like <sighs> what was wrong with it or like what you disagreed with. And we would have like these discussions about it, but it was very much structured and like super entry level type of discussions. Mm-hmm. And after a few episodes, we um, quickly decided to like pivot that a bit, right? Like you, you were the yeah. first to, to have the idea of pivoting like our audience and like the mm-hmm. mission a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think this is just part of what you have to bake into your process for, for starting a podcast, like expecting that you're going to just hit the ground running. You're going to figure out your niche, your thesis and, and have a tone for your podcast. Like that's so important to get that kind of um, that spirit down. It it I felt like those first few episodes, like what the whether the content was good or not, it was really just about you and I developing that dynamic. And over course of fifty episodes, I think we're doing, we're getting closer and closer to having uh, that full on dynamic between the two of us. But it's not argumentative. It, yeah, it's interesting how you develop this, and I think. You know one of the one of the last points I want to make or, or discuss on on this episode is this idea of co-hosting versus running a, a solo podcast. And I will say that the idea of starting a solo podcast is like extremely daunting to me now that I've done it with a co-host is uh, you, you know it's a radio program if it's by yourself. Um, so you've got to have all the content on your own. You've, you you've got to do a lot of research and work on that. Um, but if you're interviewing guests like, Holy moly, sometimes you just lean on your co-host so much. Like you're you're like, what am I gonna say next? And then the co-host jumps in and you're like, you just saved my ass. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, big time man. I relate to that yeah, a lot, yeah. like especially the The guest interviews, like, it's really hard to have a list of sequence questions, but also listen to the guest's answer and potentially, like, just ask something more about their answer. Mm -hmm. But you still need to, like, look at your other questions coming up just in case there is no other question that comes to mind. But, like, by doing that, you're not fully listening, like, actively listening to what the speaker is saying. And so you're hoping the the co-host is doing that. But, yeah, it's happened many times where the guest speaker stops talking and I'm just like, uh fuck like i don't know what the next question is there's yeah. gonna be a big like silence block here but you're just like yeah i love what you just said uh something that and i was just like oh thank god GT.
1: oh yeah and like sometimes you're you're interviewing these super super smart guests and you're just like your own confidence is fading in your ability as a human being like we've had a couple guests on who i've been like wow okay you're certifiable like genius level human being And I just feel like I'm melting slowly into a pool of self, you know, self-loathing as we're interviewing these folks. So it's really nice to be able to lean onto a guest and uh, lean onto your co-host story and to have them jump in. And it's that confidence boost, right? Boost like you always have that ability to lean back into your dynamic a little bit. Um, so, so
0: let's uh, let, let's wrap this up. Like, let's what what would you say is the number one piece of advice for listeners that are thinking of starting a podcast in like six months or one year, whatever? Like, you know, you want to be a creator. Like, what should they be doing
1: today? You you gotta have that thesis. Like I'll come back to this day in, day out. Like if you have a super strong thesis and it matches like your own personal mission statement, like you gotta get up like and record episode after episode, and you've better enjoy it. Um so think deeply about what that means and then use that as your starting point for everything else off after the show, whether you do guests, whether you write your own your own content. How do you do your promotion? What's in the spirit of your promotion? What's your branding look like? The name of the show? What's the format of the show? All of this stuff comes from your mission statement. It gets really easy if you think deeply about it. But if you skip over that part and you're like, I'm just going to have a bunch of guests, I'm going to monetize, boom. And then wondering why you're not a success. I mean, that's right there.
0: I love it. Great advice. You heard it here, folks. If you're thinking of starting a podcast, start thinking about like your mission in the audience. And my, my tips will be if you're, and like when you're ready to launch if you want to avoid like screaming into a void start engaging with the community of audience that you're trying to reach like those people are on Twitter those people are on LinkedIn they're in like private Slack channels they're in private communities like start engaging with the content that some of these people are sharing and like reply to them like it retweet like it's so easy to like something on Twitter and LinkedIn and when you're ready to launch something like at least you have that network of folks you've engaged with you've provided feedback on other people's shit and you're not just someone who's just like pushing stuff into the void, hoping people are going to comment on it. Like you've created those relationships. So that's something I wish I had done a lot more before that I'm doing a bit more now, but, um, yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening guys. We're grateful that you guys are are listening. We're super pumped. We're about to hit 50. Uh, we're going to be taking a little break with some uh, exciting news in between, but, uh, yeah, really grateful for, for everyone listening to to john and i it's 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 crazy to see like in a year uh, how much we've uh, accomplished
1: 50 episodes unbroken every single week since we started this we've actually been able to push out an episode so didn't miss a week it happened a few times we we're really close but got it happening yeah yeah low-key last minute slide it into the door tip develop <laughs> out episode backlog get that backlog record four episodes in a day if you can but you're gonna love that backlog later on
0: love it all right guys catch you soon